At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, 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 welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, anyone with any interest in making. You know how it is. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me is Mareko Mamasi, Mamasi Fire Arts, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. We're here every week providing you a little bit of companionship. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are lonely and gals, maybe one or two. And we're here to help. Okay? 3% girls, apparently. 3%. 3%. 3%. Hey, I'll take 3%. 3% fine. Up. Yeah. What's going on? Guys, Mareko, how have you been? Uh, your week? week has been mostly preoccupied with my kid's birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Victor. Uh, yeah, we just been doing like family stuff or sorry, I guess mostly like friend stuff. Uh, we did a birthday thing actually last Saturday, uh, after we recorded and then, um, after we recorded last week's episode and then this week uh yesterday we did family stuff we got this crazy place uh north of us about 30 minutes called tinkertopia and it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty neat spot and they collect all kinds of just like random shit like little piano key parts and little plastic parts and bottle caps and popsicle sticks and and craft paper and they have like a massive die cutting uh collection of for cutting paper and stuff anyways kids can build and people actually all ages can build all kinds of crazy contraptions and and creations at this place and so my kid's been there once before um and we he uh even just like a few days ago uh, was saying, I want to go up there again. So that's what we did. And then we went and got a good lunch at a, like a, like a vintage kind of diner kind of place that did, does burgers and shakes. And, uh, and then we came back and hung out with, uh, his grandparents, um, my in-laws and just chilled the rest of the day. Um, but life wise, it's just been pretty standard. I just posted up recently, uh, kind of a, a teaser pick of a blade, um, that I'm working on, 
Uh, I did a, a, test, a test etch on it, and then before I did the work to get the handle glued up and stuff, I wanted to take that etch back off, so I just hit it with a Scotch-Brite belt. But it created this weird effect where you could see the scratches in one angle of the light, but then you start turning the blade, and all of a sudden you can see some of the, the t- topography of the Damascus pattern. Um, it's mm. kind of an interesting little peek at the pattern. It's a new one that I've been playing with, and I'm excited to get that finished out so that people can really see the pattern and more it's a it's kind of a play on a weave um a weaving element but it's in hexagonal shapes um and so that should be kind of interesting for mm. folks um how how repeatable are the are, are your patterns i mean is it is a case of once you've dialed it in they'll always be the same or is there always going to be you know there's obviously obviously always a variation yeah um but you know how close do you get each time? Uh, pretty pretty close actually. As long as you cool. maintain a similar or the same order of operations, maybe the starting stack it varies, and and that will change the overall aesthetic of the of the of the thing of the pattern. But mm. if you follow the same processes, you should come out with the same result or similar result, like you're saying. It could vary just slightly based on little things. Um, even gotcha. even yeah. if like. You know, even the way that you forge the material, if you, um, even though you're going through the same processes, if you, you know, move it more aggressively in one direction than the other, um, that will cause a little bit of variation. But all in all, in general, it should end up coming out basically the same. Um, and look at us talk, it, talk talking knives about knives minutes. right off. So <laughs> we're going to talk about knives. So if you had to make a set, would you, would you, do them all the same way or would you kind of cut out some of the processes to make sure that the patterns were the same so like, like would you forge like down what kind pattern? of like how like a large set, like a block set of knives let's say a five five piece i would set. make enough steel for five knives probably at least six or seven knives actually um and what i would actually do is i would design probably a pattern that would take two starting billets that combine them together so at the end when i get to my mosaic bar i have plenty of material to work with often when i get through my welding processes i only have enough material for maybe two tries or three tries at a particular style knife and so um by combining starting with two separate billets that then you combine you have a ton of material to work with and so um I would just make sure to have plenty of material, so I'm just making it all out of the same bar of steel, um, and that shall. But would you be when you're forging each blade out? Would you say to yourself, "Okay, I got to forge the paring knife different than the chef knife. Maybe I'll stock removal the blade part." Would, uh, you, would you think I about something you. like that, or would you yeah, worry yeah. about the distortion? So distortion is definitely a concern, and the way that you tile out a bar for a chef's knife would not be the same way you would approach it for a smaller, say, paring knife or utility knife. Um, I the reason, um, uh, and so something I often do is I keep the pattern in what is basically a parent bar, and then I cut off from that bar what I need for a specific knife. And so, for a paring knife, what I would do is I would do some math and figure out how much volume of material I need to make that paring knife, I would cut it off the bar and then I would actually reduce it down smaller so that to scale, it's the pattern presenting itself the same way on the paring knife as it does on the chef's knife. Mm, And so I'd scale it down before then tiling it and then forging the knife out of it. Mm. Look at you. Math. Math, math, baby. (laughs) Math Damascus. 
Yeah. There you go. Matha- there you yeah, go. let's not even do it. <laughs> okay. Craig, how the hell have you been? You've been flying around. I have been. What you, what, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Well, it's well, it's nine o'clock on a Friday night. Um, I haven't slept since seven a.m. Thursday morning. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been back in the UK. Um, so I flew back Monday. Um, I had a meeting with the restaurant. Also took the opportunity to take uh, the twins. So my wife stayed here with the baby. So it was just me and the twins taking the flight over. Um, and it's just been so so busy, so so busy. Um, you, you know what? We we weren't there for long. So you know you got to take the kids to see all the family members and. And all the rest of it, you know, make sure they're happy, take them on little trips and so on. So, yeah, I am just absolutely, absolutely knackered. Up at 3 a.m., um, but didn't really sleep before then because I'm worried I'm not going to wake up in time um, to get the flight and so on. So, yeah, I'm just absolutely buggered. But um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I had a very good meeting. Um, very, very positive. Uh, the kids are happy. Um, come back to a happy wife. So, yeah, I'm all nice. good. All good. Did did you? What do you do with the kids when you go to the meeting? Well, I've got family there and back in Wales, so you right. know my sister. Um, yeah, we stayed at my sister's house, so um, she's there. So yeah, so she had them when I had a meeting and so on. So, do they enjoy traveling? They love it, and they are like little princesses on the plane. So <laughs> I, 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 I didn't realize my wife had ordered, you know, you know, little snacks and bits for them, you know, pre-ordered them. So when they sit down, they come on over, and you know, they're wearing their crowns and so on, and everybody's like, "Oh, they're so cute!" And it's just like, yeah, they, they lap it up. They absolutely love it. But they're, they're used to flying. They've they've probably taken a couple of dozen flights already. So they're they're seasoned professionals. You know, they got the little backpack on. They know exactly what they're doing at yeah. like ten dollars a pop. So, I'm sure they do plenty of flights. <laughs> yes yeah yeah so when you're taking your two adorable twin daughters and you're this like you know suave dude and these obviously oh i'm a the fucking order. magnet there's no doubt about it <laughs> well i wasn't gonna say a fucking magnet but i, mean, I was gonna say i was gonna i was gonna say he's holding it holding the stomach in a little bit more and puffing the chest out and i can hear wombs you know. beating around me that's all i'm saying <laughs> i can, oh, I, I can wow, hear them throb i can hear them throbbing <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel, Craig Lockwood! Craig Lockwood is unbelievable. The womb the throbber, magnet. the womb throbber. Do not, I repeat, do not entitle this fucking podcast the womb throbber. Thank you very I much. I certainly won't. I certainly won't. Jeez Louise, look at you. So I've been back what four or five hours. Um, it's it's hot again here today. Um, I'm actually Doctor Chris in it at the moment. I got the top off. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> it is, yes. That's the deepest cut. There's not that many people who know Dr. Chrising it is now should be the normal expression for taking your shirt out and letting your tits yeah. out. <laughs> this is Dr. Chrising it. I'm Dr. Chrising it. Uh, but yeah, the- it's, all, it's been a good week, but just super, super busy. So I'm looking forward to a weekend where I can just chill. Um, we've got, it's, it's that point, you know, it's July, August over here where everything happens. They condense the whole year into two months where I live here. It's quite touristy. And, um, so, you know, we've got family coming over and we've got, you know, so it's, it's going to be a busy few weeks coming up as well. But uh, no, it's all good. Enjoying it. Can't complain. Jeff, what about you? I've, well, first, well, first off, I've got to say about a, a reels that you did this week, earlier in the week, and I texted you about it. It was marketing genius. Marketing genius. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> so for those I who don't... didn't see it, it's, it's almost as if Jeff was started a reel and he's doing almost a voiceover. And it's almost like a like a behind the scenes like a like an outtake because because he, he just sort of goes oh I fucking hate doing these things and it's <laughs> it's just really really good it, it was very clever. Well, I find myself 
uh, repelled by myself and repelled by what is having, we're having to do with Instagram. You know, we talk about this and everyone's like, I know all about it, but I mean, I, I've been on this fucking thing for 10 years and having to be pushed into a position of them, you know, Instagram saying, well, we want you to be creative with your art, but we want you to be creative with your art in our right. way. Yeah. It's kind of obnoxious, to be honest with you. And frankly, you know, I've paid, I've paid a guy to do some reels and we're going to keep doing some reels with him. And my nature is I'm not Alex Steele. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, you know, I've, I've starts doing these things. And then I instantly say to myself, what are you doing? And instead of thinking it, I just say it. So like, I'm constantly, you know, just, I just am so repelled by what I have to do that I just, and, and then when I'm done with it, I watch, I'm like, you know what? That's it. Yeah. Keep it. It's like so you're, it's like you're like, in a monologue, just moaning about having to do it. I, I do it. it all the time, though. It's like normal now. It's just like, I even today, I was doing this thing. I was like, oh, it's Friday, and we're going to be shipping, and now we're doing this, and enjoy it. I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do this for? It's just like, and then at the end of it, I'm like, that's it. You're done. You're not doing it anymore. You're not doing take after take after take. It's just like, you don't want to do this. It's don't be, you're not somebody that you're not. So it's fun and it's funny. And then I, I, you know, I make the, the, the team here laugh. Yeah. So that's fine. By you've, me. you've carved then, out a style, which is not really unique. It's, it's very difficult to do that in, in that sort do, of medium. And it really works. Do you know what Ben Snoor refers it to as? No. He says, you're very good at being, a, uh, what is it? A sniveling Yankee, or something like that, <laughs> like a bitching Yankee, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's not much of an act, to be honest with you. So, um, we're uh, I just finished the the newsletter for the for the new next drop, and I got a real nice message from uh, Az and Tony. Tony, they were AZ, Tony was reading it in a meeting, and he started laughing. So, I got a little bit. It, I got to insert myself, which was fun, and then actually. I wrote a I wrote an article for Savour magazine, which was great, and I got a nice message back from uh, the person who kind of steered me in the direction, and and uh, we'll see what happens with that. What, what's I got the what's the sort of theme on the article? You know what these motherfuckers they they just look for someone a knife maker, and he's they said, well, we don't want it. we want it to be about sharpening, and I just wrote they had me write they sent me a pile of questions, and I just wrote this whole dissertation and and about what to do and what not to do as a homeowner and home knife maker. And I ended up saying at one point, I said, don't be like these celebrity chefs rubbing the knife against the steel, like a, a desperate cricket looking for a mate. It's, 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 you know, stuff like that. And it's just colorful shit. And, and then I said, I, I had it sent to send it proof, proof, Tony proof read it. And my wife proof read it. And they all thought it was fine. And, I sent it to Savor, and they sent me a nice message back. So we'll see. Nice. I, I didn't really want. They said we know, you know, that's you're not like, you know, knife. You 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 know, it's more about your company. But I'm like, ah, I don't give a fuck. So it was. It's fun to write. I enjoy writing. So that was that. And then um, I just now, five minutes before we started recording, I realized I've made two fucking the same stupid mistake twice. I'm I'm tr- I'm ahead. I'm ahead. I just sent out all, the end of July and August orders out the door. I'm I'm clear for July and August and we're getting ready to do another drop and hopefully I'll have things closer to when the drop is done and then we're also going to be doing something for Thanksgiving. Uh, we're already we're got a we got a set coming up for Thanksgiving and and um, I was getting ready. I was all fired up. It's putting the handle scales together and I realized I didn't have the the right colored, the right size G10. So I was like, oh, shit. So I ordered it, ordered some more and I was, I kicked myself because I really try to be ahead. Mm. I don't want to, when I'm ready for a 
a, a thing. I don't want to be out of something. Yeah. It's just like day one shit. And I was, I fucking kicked myself because it made me have to change what we're doing. And then it all arrived just now and I'm all ready to go. So Monday morning, I'm going to put the stuff together and I got the wrong size. So five minutes ago, I had to rush three new pieces of G10, which I was like not super psyched to do. And, you know, I kicked myself about it because I should be a little bit more on the, and I looked at, I thought, oh, they made a mistake. And I looked at the, the, uh, packing list. I'm like, oh, I made a mistake, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Exactly. Not to worry, not to worry. But, uh, what brings me to, brings me to, I got, I got a message from, uh, AZ, Allison over Fader Knives, and she was saying to me, she's like, I'm working on this um, order, this potential order for a, a knife set. And um, I just have some questions for you. And as soon as the questions that this person wrote in, she's like, Allison's like, yeah, some of these questions, uh, we've gone, I don't think we've gone over before. And they're like, you know, as soon as she reads the questions that this customer has, I'm just like, oh, this fucking person is no fucking anything actually they they read me she read me what they wanted to order for the set mm. and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you after we do a little bit of a game oh okay because okay. play your play the goddamn music just a second i'm trying yeah. to find it yeah. jesus yeah. christ where is it i thought you know i think fucking place is this the womb, the womb thumper, the womb thumper. Right. There you go, <laughs> Mister Fucking Womb Thumping. <laughs> yeah, they gotta give you, give me one second of it. Jeez, the womb thumper. All right, guys, listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to write down your five-piece set, the perfect five-piece set. Oh, okay. now if you want to ask me a question, feel free. Okay. But I want you to ask, what is the ultimate five-piece set? Is this just that a, you would suggest a generic set, or is this for somebody specific? Is, it, is this like for a butcher, or is this for? Let's say that's a good question because I was thinking about for you know, well, a hunter wants it, you know, hmm. for a household's kitchen. Okay, regular household's kitchen. Okay, give me your five piece set. I was going to tell you to write it down and then show it to me because I, I thought one of you was going to say something and the other was going to change their mind. But I trust y'all. I trust y'all. Okay, let me think, think about it. And you can be as descriptive as you want, and, and our listeners feel free to send in into at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Send me your five-piece set, and I'll tell you that when I tell you the five-piece set that this potential customer is asking, you're going to just say, like, it's a terrible five-piece set. Okay, bear with me a sec. All right. So here we are. We're going to do the five-piece set, the womb thumper, Mareko Mamasi, and you know the womb thumper are going to give me. The, give me <laughs> it sounds like you're calling me the womb thumper. Like my title. I know it sounded that way. But I was <laughs> we like, got more Craig Echo is the womb, the womb thumper. <laughs> no, no, no. The womb thumper. The Craig Lockwood, aka the womb thumper, which should be the name of your band. P.S. <laughs> that that is, is a great name. No, great. Or name. the name of your first out or your your single. Sorry, your single. Yeah. The womb thumper. Um, you guys have your you have your five piece set ready. Tell me. Marco, your five-piece set, your oh, ultimate yeah. five-piece set. For My me. ultimate five-piece, the five-piece set, chef knife set. Well, Jesus, right, I can't talk. What the fuck? Yes. Okay, uh, nine-inch chef, four-inch pairing, okay. six-inch utility, okay. seven-inch huh. santoku. Because the utility can act as like a boning knife, but you can't. You don't want to do that with the pairing knife, and then. I, I'm torn on either a bread knife or a slicer, but I'm guessing a bread knife would probably get more play. So nine-inch chef knife 
An eight inch nope, Santoku. Seven inch. Seven inch oh, Santoku. Okay. okay, so like that's the utility knife. Mm-hmm. And so, then so, a pairing no, knife. Seven, so <laughs> let me start from <laughs> Okay, do it again. Nine inch chef. Seven inch okay. Santoku. Six inch okay. utility. Four inch pairing. And either a bread knife or a slicer, but I think a bread knife. Well, you gotta choose you gotta choose. Okay, bread knife. Okay. okay. Right. Mine's very similar, but I'm a little shorter. Um, yeah, I'd, no surprise. Yeah, I'd go eight-inch chef knife. Not much of a warm thumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's girl. what you do with it. A six-inch, <laughs> almost Santoku style, um, so it's basically a smaller chef knife, um, a five-inch paring knife, six-inch chopper, and an eight-inch bread knife. So pretty much standard sets out of thought. You know, we've both gone for really having a two-chef two style, a paring knife, choppers, and a bread knife, yeah. Well, mine's different, okay. but not as different as my order for my customer's order. Okay, okay. I said an eight-inch chef knife, mm. an offset serrated, a paring knife. And I don't give a shit what size it is. A paring knife, a fork, and a fillet knife. That's what I went with. Because I went with broad strokes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, serving maybe nice. Fork. Yeah, yeah, could be good. Good for calm. so that's so. If you're listening to this podcast, submit and don't write me a dissertation. Like a, some of you guys, I appreciate the the the, the you're, you're sending me too much. Did you go for a fork without a carving knife? Who's just what was the, what was the knife selection again? I said eight inch chef, eight inch chef knife, mm. offset serrated, okay. a paring knife, a fork, and a fillet knife. Okay. That's my set. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Fader fader serving fork. My my fork is fork is tender. Forking Got great. Me. So what we what we're working with with this order, they want a cleaver, hmm. a nakiri, hmm. a santoku, hmm. and then they want a um, a bread knife and a, a boning knife. Okay, that's not. I don't and think that's ridiculous. A f- cleaver and a nakiri. Okay, maybe. And okay. a Santoku. They're all, it's like the same fucking knife. Yeah, maybe. Almost. Yeah, maybe. Okay. But it was funny because she was, this person was sending out, uh, AZ all these questions. And, and the, the funny thing was, was I was talking to AZ about it. She's like, well, some of these questions are strange. And I said, this is not to sound sexist. And when I'm saying this now, I'm saying this, this is more of a, uh, a slam on the, the man and women you blasted <laughs> they the first question was asked was what is the grade of stainless steel you're going to use that's already what, what does that even I mean, the grade hmm. i mean a, a plus <laughs> I, the, the, the next question was what's the the spine thickness now she's got like this person's got like five different knives from distance you know different everyone's different yes yeah, so it's not like it's all gonna be standard goddamn cleaver it's gonna be you know, almost quarter of an inch for Christ's sakes. And then the next question was, what's the angle of the edge? Well, once again, it's a little bit different with a cleaver versus this, that, and the other thing, serrated knife, all that. And then the, the questions seemed to be, and I was talking to Allison, I said, and I, don't, I don't mean to be sexist. And I said, it's more of a slam on the guy that she asked. She clearly, this person clearly asked a soft-handed man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a guy who can't turn a light screw. Yeah. Who was just like, I know what the questions you should ask. And then the last question was, are these hammer forged? <laughs> and it's like, and I'm, I, I'm going, I said, 
AZ, just I'll write the email. Feel free to don't spend a lot of time on it. But it was interesting because, you know, you we talk to customers and a lot of them use words that they think that they know and stuff like that. Mm. But I was interested in more along the lines of if you what your five-piece set would be. So you should start calling yeah. your steel like, Millforged. Mill Millforged. Forged. That's what Craig is. This, he's the womb thumper. He's Millforged. <laughs> Milf. <laughs> Milforged. <laughs> Milforged. <laughs> Milforged. The womb thumper, baby. <laughs> but that was quite, yeah, I mean, we basically pretty much said the same thing. Um, Miracles was had an inch longer than me. Um, but I purposely went a bit shorter because if this is, I think if they're professionals, I probably would go longer. Um, but, you know, for a, for a home set. Um, but I, I mean, went, uh, yeah, eight and you, you wouldn't normally, you wouldn't for like a, a kitchen. Like we're doing some, for Thanksgiving, we're doing the turkey club. I think I mentioned this before, but we're talking about, we're going to have it ready for November. Yeah. So it's going to be, I wanted to come up with a three piece set that would be great for a small kitchen. Maybe this is your first home. Maybe a kid's going to, co- you know, a kid left college and you need some, some kid needs something, something simple for a small apartment. And I wanted a three piece set. And I was like, what would be the three-piece set? So a three-piece set for us, eight-inch K-tip, a serving fork, and a paring knife. For Thanksgiving. Perfect for Thanksgiving. Hmm. Call it the turkey club. Nice. So it's interesting to think about what's your perfect, you know, what's your perfect set? What's the set that works for you? Yeah. A fork is a very good idea. I hadn't thought of that. That's, yeah. And it's it's almost turned into a barbecue set as well then. You know, it's it's that sort of. Yeah, like it. The fork game is changing, man. Now people are starting to. There's. (laughs) Is that a quote? The fork game is changing, man. <laughs> yeah, the fork game is changing. Well, I'm serious. You know, I was just reading an article um, about frying. And people are, when they're frying their foods, there's a lot of people who say using tongs is a mistake. And a lot of people who fry chicken or fry foods, you know, breaded fried, not just like fry, mm. fried with like a breading. Yeah. They say using a fork is better because you're there's the less chance of you taking off all that, you know, mm. breading in the frying That's process. Because the tongs have more surface area. Pasta guys, they use forks all the time. That's like going to be the hottest. Everyone's plating their pasta, yeah. like you know. And then the old school thing: people using forks to as a as a, a temperature gauge. So when you're when you're you know you've seen when people are testing the doneness of a steak. Yeah, you, know, you can make a fault. fist yeah. and you touch that part in your hand and stuff like that, and you can test. But if you're if you want to see if something's cooked through, it's how it a fork or a knife kind of goes through it and then it's released. So like if it goes through release, that whatever you're cooking is cooked. I mean, if you watch Jock the Pan videos, he's constantly taking a little knife and stabbing the food, and he can say, "Oh, it releases quickly." That means it's cooked through. You can even. Hmm. Use a fork, stick it in a piece of meat, and then touch it. Touch that piece of fork, that part of the fork, to your chin to gauge the temperature inside mm, yeah. of the meat. So the fork game is changing, man. Fork game is changing. <laughs> the womb thumper and the fork game is changing. It. <laughs> we'll be right back so. after these messages from our sponsor. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat that will take you to soul ceramics who are a distributor of even heats they've got some already made up ready to ship and you'll get 75 dollars off and free shipping in the u.s so i'll drop that link in the description knifetalk.net forward slash heat thank you for listening 
Speaking last but not least, speaking of the fork game, Ben Snoor just made a uh, awesome integral fork out of a bolt, and he left the thread oh, end yeah, I saw that. as the bolster, and looks yeah. dynamite. Oh wow, wow! Fork game's changing, man. That's funny. <laughs> I almost I can't think of any time I've used a roasting fork like ever. I'm going to tell you a little secret: the people who are making forks in the food game in the in the custom food game. Okay. They're doing it for serving. They're not doing it for like actual what cooks use them for. So like and I did my first fork was totally one hundred percent for serving. Mm. And you know, Tony's just like, Yeah, let's do a serving fork. Now my fork is far more, you know, what co- kitchen guys are for using. Twizzling for. up that pasta. Yeah. So Lots the, of stuff. So these are two what well, I think like tines, aren't they? They call them yeah. the, the, the the arms. Long. Long and straight. Nice. Okay. Okay. We leave that there. Shall we I mean, do a question or two? Go ahead. Okay. I'll, let's start. I'll, I'll do nice handmade knives. Hey, dudes, I've got a question. My production usually grinds to a halt this time of year until late September due to my full-time job. So I've not been able to release any knives since my last newsla- newsletter drop in April, and that was 10 knives. I unfortunately still have three knives from that release that didn't sell and are sitting around. Would you think it's a good idea to eat the costs and do a giveaway to gain more subscribers, even with the knowledge that I won't have anything hitting my newsletter potentially until the fall, just to keep some engagement going, or hold off until I get closer to having some releases? Thanks again for all you guys do. Okay, so in April, he did a newsletter drop of 10 knives. He's got three left, um, but he's not making any more at the moment because he's back in his full-time job for a bit. Um, what I mean, he mentions having some sort of giveaway. I, I I don't see why you do that. I mean, just drop another newsletter. Um, let people know you've got three left. 70% sold, only 30% left. You know, it's, it's, you know, sell them, make that money. What do you think? What do you think, Jeff? I mean, they don't go bad. It's not like, uh, it's not like bread. Non-perishable. So it, I, I, I like, I don't mind actually kind of having a couple in the, in the you know, aces up your sleeve mm-hmm. until, you know, until, time where a holiday time when people are hitting you up so i mean unless you need the money now i'd hold on i'd hold off until until people start knocking on your door and then all of a sudden you're like here's what i got don't don't do the giveaway shit it's giveaway stuff it's like what for what so some of these knuckleheads can <laughs> what they can get you a sticker <laughs> what is going on yeah with this? Come on, i think that it. the kind of people who, who are subscribing to competitions they're not the kind of people who are going to be buying when they've got the money that, you know, that's that's not a quality subscriber, if you ask me. No, I think I think that what Jeff said was a great idea. Yeah, just hold on to it, bank it, and and when there is a higher demand and maybe your output's not as much, then you have those extras that you can add back in. Yeah, you got that other job. I mean, it's like you know, just put putting money away for for a, something. Going to knock on your door after Black Friday. People are going to be knocking on your door. You got anything in stock? You know, anything you're not. This is the best one. I don't know if you guys get this. Maybe we should go into, uh, oh, speaking of what, this will be the new bit. So if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> next week, tell me at the holiday times, what are pe- what do people say when they're fucking itching to get a knife from you? <laughs> oh, my God. You got anything yeah. lying around? Yeah. You, you don't have anything like, you know, scratched or dented that you wouldn't normally sell or something like that? That's what they do. Yeah. You know, anything lying around? It could be fucked up. Yeah, you know, can I give you an extra fifteen or twenty if you if you can get one done by within within two days for me and out to me? Yeah, that's quite. I once had this goddamn, <laughs> this goddamn. I'm putting hand quotes up. Industrial designer reach out to me. He's building a, a building a storefront, 
And he called me up and we know people in common. And I want you to know I'm an industrial designer and I'm building this storefront and I need some angle brackets for this restaurant. And I want them to be real. I want them to be real, uh, you know, old and industrial looking. So whatever you have lying around, I'll take lying around. What do you think this is? You think this is the angle? This is the angle bracket company? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, He's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have to be nice. Big Amazon warehouse on nice. the back. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you think? You got buckets of fucking angle brackets? I don't mean fucking brackets. Oh, you know, anything you got lying around that's four inches by seven inches, yeah. and they get it with a you know like a you know some encrusted. Dipshit! I don't have any of it. Yeah. Got anything pre-drilled too, please? Yeah, yeah, these yeah, yeah. They don't have to be. A, you don't. You don't have to be countersunk. Don't worry. You know, they don't have to be a two millimeter hole for you yeah. millimeter heads. Um, yeah, I think we covered that one really. Yeah, they're not. They're not. As Jeff said, they're not going out of date. Um, sell them. Don't. Yeah, don't give them away. There's no need. No need. Who wants to do the next I'll one? I'll take it. Uh, this next one is from Jade Curtis. It says, I got a question for y'all. Uh, how do you grind your scales without burning them? I'm using new belts and I've tried fast speeds. I've tried slow speeds and everything seems to burn. Thanks. What do you guys think? Mm. I mean, he doesn't say what's my, I'm assuming he's talking wood. Um, but, um, I don't know. You can burn yeah, G10ing. Kydex too. You can, oh, you certainly oh, can. Yeah. Yeah. Burn the burn shit out of it. Yeah. yeah. Fast to make your head yeah. spin. Um, you just got it. Yeah, I mean, you're using new belts. Um, yeah, it's all about feel, I think. And you, you know, when you go, you're taking things a bit too far. That's the um, yeah, just jamming it in the there. Feel. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> we're gonna get more bad. Inf- Come on, we're gonna get more bad listener feedback. Come I think that's what it sounds like. If you use the fresh belts, fast speed, I can understand. But if you slowed it down, like, what kind of pressure are you putting on that? You're probably mm. jamming the shit out of it. And so, dial back that pressure and and let the belt do the work instead of trying to force it. It's kind of like when I was in woodworking shop, they always say like on the bandsaw, table saw, whatever kind of saws and tools you're using, drills, let the tool do the work instead of forcing it. If it feels like you're forcing it, you know, bad things happen. You burn your material, you break the tool, you hurt yourself. Just finesse it, man. Just finesse it. If you're using those like 36 grit belts or, you know, maybe up to 60 grit, it just falls off. You don't put any pressure on at all. You know, you just gently just guide it in. Sorry. Jesus but, uh, Christ. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I know. We're back at this again. Um, but, but, yeah, really? it, I, I, I don't see how they're burning. Just, yeah, just take it easy. There's no rush. Well, there's a couple. Let's just kind of CSI why these things would burn. Yeah. One thing I learned back in the day is is if you use – and I'm not saying – we're just going to CSI why <laughs> – the wood or the micarta the handle material burn. One is is you can't use belts that you've used on steel, mm. then use them for wood and micarta because the steel that gets embedded on the the, the belts burn the help burn your wood or material. Yeah, right? it can discolor your material all sorts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing that could be a position is, and this is something that we don't talk about with grinders, is if you send your platen past the rolling wheels. You're putting a lot more friction on the on the platen. Mm. So what I try to do is, depending on what I'm doing now, if I'm doing something where I need that ledge, I'll put like a straight edge on the platen and make sure I'm touching both the wheels. Yeah, and that means it's not going to have as much friction on the plate. I noticed that if I'm sending the plate forward past the wheels and there's that little ledge, I'm getting a ton more friction on the on the on the platen. That's 
that's just a thing. Hmm. The other thing is, is I, when I'm cutting in my, uh, all my handles, regardless of if it's wood or if it's my, uh, G10, I start off with a 60 grit belt and I'm going middle, middle speed. I'm not going super fast. I'm going middle sure. speed. And I'm like Craig says, don't go crazy. The other thing is, is I'm also taking a lot of material off with the saw beforehand, like excess, taking a lot of excess mm-hmm. off. And that helps a lot. And then as I go down and down and down of grits, I don't, I don't have a problem. Now I have burned G10. Um, I have burned G10, uh, especially the lighter stuff, yeah. the lighter stuff burns real quick. Uh, and then I try to clean things up on the, on the disc sander with a 60 grit, uh, piece of paper. Hmm. If, if we are CSI at this, I'd say he's probably using too high a grit um, right. and having to work work it hard, you know, and then as you say, you could get all this friction and all the rest of it. And you're just generally just rubbing and smearing the uh, the material then, you know, you're not really taking stuff off. So that that's what I'd say is probably happening and maybe, you know, go down to that, that lower grit and, you know. If you're working to a line, you know, get as close as you can. And then when you are using a, a, a much higher grit, you're, just, you're literally just, just touching it in, you know, and you're just clearing, clearing off that edge. Um, that's that's probably what I think is happening. But Yeah, knows? I'm with Jeff. Uh, you know, I, I like to start with like a 60-grit belt. Uh, most of the material mm-hmm. I work with is stabilized woods or, or, or high-resin um, hardwoods. And, yeah, 60-grit, maybe around 40% or on the VFD. So I'm not using a ton of speed and just making sure I'm using a fresh belt. Um, even when I get down to like 220 and it starts to feel like it's getting hot even, I'll, I'll take a, uh, the 220 off and I'll put a fresh one on um, just to make sure that I'm not burning the material because I don't want that to carry through um, to the finished thing product. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it's really key to just, yeah, let the tool do the work and just like, you know, I don't know not be in such a rush. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like the mental reasons why somebody might be tr- also having these issues. Aren't like, is this guy in a rush? Like what's going on? He's only got a couple hours in the end of the end of the day before he goes to bed or in the morning before he goes to work or who knows what. Hmm. Yeah. And remember kids, combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Okay. It's interesting what you were saying then about 40% on the VFD because I think a lot of people, myself included, if you're not around and seeing other makers do st- other knife makers do stuff, um, you've got no idea of what speed is, is normal, what's appropriate and so on. It's just what you've learned yourself. Yeah. Um, and as we're using VFDs, forty percent on a VFD really means nothing speed-wise, you right. know. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I, I bet that I'm using very different speeds to others, just simply because I use what sort of works for me and what you know. I, I spending time with other makers probably would help me a massive, massively. Um, but yeah, it's quite interesting that that, that whole speed thing. It, it's it's very much a variable that nobody really knows what we're talking about when we say you know forty percent on a VFD that kind of yeah. thing. I have never burned wood on the uh, disc grinder hmm. never never i mean i'm not enough. using 800 i'm not <laughs> using i'm not using 800 grit either yeah. you know hmm. and i think that what's interesting is and maybe this has something to do with it to a certain degree or maybe not is when i touch the back of the plate no matter if i mean i can use the disc grinder all day long 
If I touch the back of the plate, there's never any hot, there's never any heat off that plate. Never. Hmm. No friction. Yeah. Am I getting any friction on that plate? I'm, uh, I'm looking at his page and it looks like he's working with, um, natural materials woods. Um, I did see a piece of ironwood on there and ironwood is one of those dense, uh, oily woods that will burn the fuck up real quick. If you're not using super sharp belts and working at slower speeds. Um, so, and some of those oily woods as well, they can really gum up a belt really, really For quickly sure. too. Yeah. Mm. Right, we, I think we've covered everything with that. We CSI'd it. I think so. We did well. We did well. Okay. Um, Jeff, you want to take the next one? Robert Bosich says, hey, gents, hope all's well. Everyone's home safe and sound. Here's a dilemma slash question. I have a customer that has a request. Uh, he wants an Ulu and a Hunter-style knife. Uh, the problem is he wants ivory handles supplied by him. It's costing me nothing except for the labor. How do I protect myself with this? An itemized receipt costs zero. Say nothing, just say uh, say nothing, or just say no go and tell someone else you trust. LOL, you guys rock. You make Mondays easy. Any chance uh, of some more YouTube knife talk in the future? Take care. Keep it up. I just Googled Nulu because I didn't know what a Nulu mm. was. It's um, like a... It's like one of those herb cutters, isn't it? You know, right. rocket rocking motion, you know? It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, where are we? So he wants to protect himself because the, guy's, that the guy is providing the material. Mm. He wants to make sure he gets paid. I mean, the funny thing is about, you know, to, if you talk to a woodworker, lumber is a different, is a different story in terms of the, uh, the, the price of the project versus... Mm. Uh, steel and and the price of the materials of a knife. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm looking at the question again. It says it costs me nothing except for the labor, and the the labor is 100 percent the most expensive part. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's your yeah. time. Um. And and personally, I'd say that if somebody wanted to supply the handle material, um, it wouldn't make any difference to the cost for me because you still you still need to uh, you know work with that material and get it in the right shape ready for working with and all the rest of it and prepare it um and and if anything you know it, it's probably extra work because you've probably got systems in place for your current materials you know like me i cut everything down to the same size i know where i'm going you're getting this random material in it may be more work so yeah i i cost it as completely as normal um and it's not really normal material yeah. either. I mean, that's another. You said the I word. That's another thing to <laughs> mention word. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it probably is worth putting then on the on the invoice, just saying you know material supplied by you know just to cover yourself if anything were to come up there with the, you know. Yeah. With the so illegal that, materials he, that you're using. Yeah, you know? he said he gets to like the the you know AfricanPoacher.com. dot com. I mean, I don't know. What, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who's getting fucking ivory these days? Yeah. I mean, I'm saying number one. I'm saying no. If pe people have supplied their material, and I had a I have a customer who every six months orders something. He sends something from his farm. He's got a farm in California. He's got these trees, and he's got this lumber that means something to him. And I, you know, that's fine. I, I appreciate that. Um, I stabilize it. And done. Somebody sends me saying, "I want you to make me this knife." I got I'm going to use a you know elephant dick or something or, or a ivory. I'm passing. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. No um, offense. I mean, go ahead, get your money. But I mean, it's like you know, have a little bit of. I mean, know your know your know your limitations. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I just said all I can say really on that. What do you think, Mareko? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of sketchy. Uh, I think, especially ivory, um, unless you have a way to prove that it's some sort of antique ivory, um, which nowadays makers are still using ivory on their blades, but it's usually some sort of, um, like, uh, what what are they called? Uh, Artifact. Walrus? Yeah, it's like a walrus artifact. So the Inuit in North in North America and and, and various uh, North American people would use walrus tusk, and um and they would carve it for different tools and stuff like that. And those relics in those in those or that I guess whatever those artifacts they they to show that it is an actual uh, antique walrus ivory they keep them they they incorporate it into the overall design of the thing so that there's less of an issue but it's any new ivory or ivory without paperwork is can be very sketchy um because especially if you're putting your fucking name on it like that's going to come right back to you right Mm. so you what if you fuck it up? What do you? Yeah, got exactly. That's the, that's the other part. You go see Barbar. You see Barbar and see if you can shit, shit one out for you. <laughs> I thought it was pronounced Babar. I always call it Barbar. <laughs> I've, my whole life I called it Barbar, and I'm keep going to stop. I'm not stopping. That's, what the, just, what the, hell the is thought Barbar? of Barbar, oh, Barbar shitting out shitting out a tusk because you broke the last one. It just seems so utterly ridiculous. What is Barbar or Babar? What is it? The elephant. It's a cartoon. You know, the, oh, the little kid's elephant. Too. You got it. You know about Bobar. No, he's a nope. he's a French uh, a French elephant. <laughs> really? Never never heard of him. <laughs> you never heard of a fucking guy? He's like the never king of the, he was the king of the elephants. Hmm. He was yeah. the queen of the, you, you're confusing no, me here. No, Bobar Barbar was the king of the elephants and he had a it was a kid's book and it was he was I think he was probably uh, African, but they made him European. This fucking elephant. No, not a clue. All right, let's get, let's not get a clue. We can't go with this bit. How much farther than we go with this fucking barbar bit? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Let's go on to the next one. I'm quite interested in the next one, actually. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Like The others are really boring me. But this one I'm quite interested in. Ridgewood Knives says, Hey, fellas, uh, first I want to say thank you to such a great podcast. Uh, the knowledge you three have shared have made the, the knife-making community is invaluable and kept me entertained for endless hours. Well, thank you, Ridgewood. Um, the question is, I recently saw Jeff using Perspex on his black lightning knife. Why don't knife makers use Perspex as liner material more often? It looks awesome, it comes in a huge range of colours, and is much cheaper than G10. Um, you can get a 2 uh, by 12 inch sheet for £1.60 in the UK. I can only think the only drawback would be it's more brittle than G10 due to its construction. What are your thoughts? He says, anyway, I've ordered a few bits to do my own testing, but I just wonder what you guys thought. Um, also, bring back the role play. Um, it's always had him in stitches. Cheers, Matt. Um, Perspex, Jeff, you used it uh, quite recently, a piece that I'd sent over to you. Well, not recently, a long time ago, actually. Um, what did you think? I liked it because you sent it to me, and I also like the colors. The problem I had with, and I ended up buying some Perspex. The problem is, is yes, it is very, very brittle. Mm. It's hard to cut down, so it doesn't like. Uh, you have to like almost cut it down. You can't cut it tight. You have to cut it with some room to spare, which is kind of sucks. It because it like when you hit it with the bandsaw, it just splinters a little. It sh- shatters a hair. Hmm. Yeah, and then when you're grinding it, it kind of melts. 
And then the what happens is it also gets hot, and it, the bond. I have one I do with Perspex I have at home, and I've been using it, and it works great. I didn't like the way it ground because it was melting a little bit, and I was concerned with the lamination, uh, especially if I'm doing it, you know, edge out or uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about edge out. So I ended up the colors are awesome. Perspex is great. So Perspex for the United States, Perspex is like acrylic. Yeah, it's acrylic. So it's it's like a brand the, name, basically, of acrylic. Yeah, yeah, it's acrylic, and and the colors are nice, and you can get them in different sizes, and they are cheap. They're not. I'm not. They're not. I'm. They're not really for me, long term. But it did give me a lot of ideas, and I wouldn't use it for a handle material, like a straight. I'm handle looking material. at your feet. Is it mm. the green material? No. Oh. No, it was, you got to go way, oh, way right. back. It, I, it was from a number of years ago. It was, you can't really, see, you couldn't tell the difference from the picture, but it was like this rainbow that stripe that I did. I made a couple of oh, them and I made it one with the Perspex and then I made it with the I G10. Hmm. And I liked it. I mean, I liked, I liked it and I have it in the kitchen and it looks great. It's holding up perfectly fine, but it was like, I wouldn't use it for handle scales. Yeah. Because... The thing about the difference between the Perspex and the G10 is the G10 has that fiberglass structure inside. So you're always going to have, it's not brittle at all. I mean, you can bruise it, but it ain't going to crack and it ain't going to chip. And it also holds up when you're grinding it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with Perspex. It's, it's almost cast. So it was a liquid and they cast it. Um, so there's no matting, like you said, with G10. Um, it does finish beautifully and it gives a really nice sort of shiny consistency that there's no texture like you'd get in g10 you don't see any of those little you know waves of the sheeting in there so it can be super super bright um i think it's fine for handle material as long as you're taking all the edges off um because yeah as you say it is brittle and it and it can chip really easily if you round everything off really nicely it actually makes i think it makes a really nice handle material but as jeff said working with it isn't the easiest um if you've got you know, layered colors, they can sort of smear into each other a bit, when, yeah. you know, when you're grinding down. Um, yeah, the, you know, there's there's that thing of the melting. Um, but the fact that it is all literally just, it was just liquid plastic, that's, that's set. Um, that means if you are using any um, epoxies, things like that, it will, you know, it'll, it'll meld into it almost, you know, it really, it'll stick like hell. There's no, there's no getting it off. Um, so yeah, it, I, I do quite like it, but it is a bitch to use. That's what, that's all I'm saying. And it would also fall under... I was actually talking to David, uh, and David was saying to me, he's like, how come you don't use uh, stainless steel Corby bolts? And I said that stainless steel Corby bolts are great. I tend to not use them. One of the reasons why is because they're so much harder than brass mm-hmm. that when you're finishing it, they don't grind as even, so you can get little lumps. Yes, little bumps. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing if you add Perspex to something that's a different material. Hmm. So if the if you use a stripe of it and it's and you're adding it with some different material, it might grind off differently. And if it starts to melt while your other stuff is grinding, then you're kind of at a standstill in terms of how you're going to do the finishing because then all of a sudden it becomes a finesse game. Yeah, I've never yeah. used this material, and is there any concern of it? potentially like if it was brought to a picnic and laying on a table and out in the sun would how would that affect that handle material no i, th- I think okay. that would be fine yeah yeah you know it's it, you know it's it, it's set really hard i don't think it's, it's gonna go pliable or melt in the sun Can you imagine 
Yeah, it would you be imagine worst. all of a sudden you put that shit down and all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden you get a puddle. Well, not even completely out. melting, yeah, but yeah. just like becoming soft, you know. And I don't know, getting all hmm. gummy. I mean, and shit. It, I, I, it, I, I don't think it's going to be any different to when people do things like, um, you know, they use epoxy pores and all that kind of I stuff. See. You know, it's 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 basically the same sort of I stuff. Gotcha. Where, you know, it's just it's just a liquid plastic. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's right. But it's like it's just it has more of a plasticky quality to it. So you know it when you see it. like I ha- I get handle material that that hybrid stuff. You know our favorite the <laughs> the CrossFit of knife making, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it doesn't really melt. Mm. It doesn't melt when you grind it. Yeah, Perspex melts. They can give you know, a really nice it. high gloss, a really high gloss finish that will buff beautifully. You know. Um, and it will it will keep that gloss as well because that it, it's just the way it is. Um, Do you know why? It's because the difference between the Perspex and the uh, and the um, G10 is there's no pores in the, it. Yeah, the G10 has all those pores. Yeah, yeah. And you, it's really hard to buff it up because you do, especially light materials. It always will capture the the dirt and the Perspex because you can grind it, just you know, mirror p- p- polish almost. It does handle. It does finish quite easy in that regards. Yeah, but you know what? If you want to try different handle materials, and you're Canadian or American, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com is the place to go because they've got loads of handle materials as well as steel and belts. I mean, they sell combat, for example. They sell tools, forges, kiln. They sell everything. So go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They're also on Instagram as MaritimeKnifeSupply. And they've also got deals. Like if you buy a bunch of belts, you'll get 10% off a pack of 10 and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Go take a look. I have one more game for you if you guys want. Oh, yes. We like a game. Okay. Let's get some music on the go. (laughs) Look how how happy you were. happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is top five again. Top five. We're going to top five. five. Okay. okay. Give me your top five <laughs> bucket list, professional bucket list items. So some things, the top five things that you would like to have happen. Now, reasonable. Reasonable. Don't start saying I want to be the president of the United States. You know, don't, 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 let's not stop playing. Reasonable, attainable bucket list items that you would like professionally as a knife maker. See, talk about knife talk. Professionally, as a knife maker, okay, yeah. that's, that's quite limited. Um, well, I mean, you can't think of five things that you'd like to have accomplished. Okay, yeah, okay, leave it with me. Okay, I um, mean, number down. one, two, that's and three is gotta be. That's quite aggressive as a host. I'll be honest. I with mean, you. number one, two, three for you. <laughs> I have. I want to have my knives over at Jamie Jamie Oliver's house. That's one, two, three down. <laughs> there we go. You yeah. gotta come up with two more. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. Okay. Let's have a think. I mean, these. I'm gonna let. I'll talk a little bit while you guys think about. Okay, five you tell things. everybody about your grinder, that fantastic grinder of yours. <laughs> One of my bucket list items has arrived. It is the Broadback Ironworks grinder, two by seventy two grinder. This thing is awesome. It is versatile. It's hori- You can use it horizontally, vertically. When I do my my uh, offsets, when I do serrations, I always have it uh, horizontally, which is great. Uh, vertically, it's awesome, and they have all sorts of great attachments. They have a, uh, if you're making, if you're everyone's starting to make integral knives, you want to get that integral platen. It is great. It actually holds the blade out. So it holds the blade out. So when you're grinding, you can grind into the, the integrals and you can also use that for making fullers. It's a very great attachment. Their surface grinder attachment, the Mareco platen, all these grinder attachments are great and they're very user friendly if you have other chassis. So go get yourself some of that 
Broadbeck Ironworks Grinder. And maybe one of you can remember what the, the promo codes are because I know there's Knife Talk yes. 100 for... The Sharpener. Um, and is also... it, is that, no, but it, the, the, the Knife Talk 100 gets you $100 off or something, right? Yeah, it gets you, gets you $100 off the Sharpener. Um, okay. And, Mareka, there's something else, wasn't there? $100 Knife off. Talk 200. Well, the, the, the 100 get, gets you the 100 off uh, the Sharpener. We're fucking professionals, everybody. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> the surface grinder. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And the sewing machine. The leather sewing machine. Okay, and the sharpening machine. Yes. Yeah, and Knife Talk 200 will get you $200 off any of their packages, their grinder packages, which is incredible. Knife Talk 200 for the grinder packages, Knife Talk 100 for the sewing machine, the sharpener, and the surface grinder. Incoming email from Ben Seacrest. I feel it. <laughs> ben, just, you don't have to DM me right now. Just give, give it, we, got it, we got you, man. We got, we got the whole thing going. Don't worry about it. Guys, get yourself that Broadbeck Ironworks. And if you're a leather worker, get yourself a sewing machine. No, stop fooling around with your eighth-inch drill bit and, and your dumb thumbs. Get yourself a good one. You know? Come on. BroadbeckIronworks.com. Okay, guys, give me your five bucket list items professionally as a knife maker. And if you're listening to this podcast and you want to send in your feed, your listener feedback, send us what your five bucket list items as a knife maker are. I'll read them off. Okay. Um, I've got four. Okay. I've got four. Um, so one is, as you said, you know, to be Jamie's house knife. Um, and, and, you know, as well, I'm, I'm saying Jamie, you know, flippantly, but there's a bunch of chefs that I really like to work with their restaurants because I love the styling of their restaurants and I'd love to work with them. And, you know, there's talks in with a few of them, that kind of thing. So, you know, for them to pan out would be great. Number two, um, this is a difficult one, but, um, my knives, you can't look at them and say that's a chop knife. There's, there's no, nothing sort of unique about their design. Um, I suppose that, you know, they're, they're sort of very sort of clean looking and very sort of classic in style and, you know, unfussy. I suppose that's the unique thing about them. But, um, yeah, for them to be instantly recognizable as a chop, and I don't know how I do that, um, but that's something that I need to give a lot more thought to. Number three, in at number three, is... Um, a set that I've always got available. Um, and, you know, as we talked earlier, that, you know, that set of five, something like that, because I've never actually sold a set. I've sold, you know, two or three knives, you know, s- separately to the same customer. Um, but as a set, I've never actually done that. I've never offered that. And maybe that's something I need to be look at. Um, and number four, in at number four, is a kid's knife, like a kid's first um, chef knife. Mm. 
Um, so Opinel currently do one. Um, and I, uh, whenever any of my friends, you know, they've got kids, you know, what should I get my kid? I always say that because it's a great little knife for a kid. Um, but yeah, something to get kids cooking with, um, would be, would be, and maybe that would be a set or maybe it's just a little sort of a little chef knife. I don't know, but that's something I'd love to give more thought to, um, and dominate the market in kids knives. (laughs) There you go. You should think about it the last one while yeah. Mareko reads off his five. Yes, Quick okay. question for you, Jeff. Have you seen High Fidelity sure. with John Cusack? Yes. Is that, is that where the top five are all coming from? <laughs> no. no I, was, I was thinking about a five okay. set. And then I'm walking. I walk, when I walk the dogs, I spend one walking day thinking about getting, you know, my, my mindset is, goals. what are you doing today? And then after that, what's gotcha. the next thing? And I usually knife talk or full blast preparing for the next show so i have seven days a week i think about things that need to happen preparing for the show guys i do a lot of show prep guys you do i, I don't want you to think i'm just no. sitting around you for sure do talking about womb, womb thumping it's a great movie if anybody <laughs> if there are people who haven't seen it high fidelity john cusack yeah. it's awesome and the, the book is it's my favorite book really? of all time by nick hornby by nick hornby it's brilliant mm. i love it um the book was out years before the sure. actual film but um yeah it's brilliant Okay, my top five. First is to do a live podcast with you guys. I would love to do that. Where? Where? Let's do it at Maker Camp some year. Let's get... Yo, you mean in you mean in yes, person? Yes, yes, sorry. In person, all in okay, person. Okay, okay. Yeah. Us hanging out, taking live questions from a live audience, and drinking beer or wine. That or would whatever. be awesome. Okay, that that's number awesome. one. Uh, number two, right. professional... If any event, if any event is listening and they'd like us to do a, a live show there, we'd love to be there. Won't be that good. <laughs> It'll be good. We'll make it live good. Events are, live events are tough. Live events are tough. <laughs> go ahead, keep going. I, I'm with you. I'm with okay. you. Go ahead. Number two is to go work with Steve Schwarzer. Um, oh, bucket yeah. list. Bucket list. Go work with Steve Schwarzer. Soak up as much knowledge and understanding as I can with him. That would be awesome. Uh, I think it would be super fun to be a judge on a cooking show, like. You know, whatever, mm. Top Chef or whatever, you know, Guys Grocery Games or whatever the fuck. I just think, I always thought it would be fun. Oh, do me a favor. Don't go on Guys <laughs> Grocery Games, this fucking guy. What don't, is that? Don't, it's not he worth sucks. talking about. Is that that guy? Is that that guy? Yeah, we're going to talk about him. Okay. Uh, the next one is to sell or do 100000 in a year from knife sales. Um,. And then lastly, I would love to have some work in a museum. Now, not my culinary knives. Uh, I'm working on some historical stuff, and I would love to get a piece into a museum. And I think that would be fucking awesome. Nice. That's a good goal, actually. Yeah, very nice. Good bucket list. Yeah. I can't think of a fifth. I'm happy with my four, Jeff. So you're saying right. you don't want to do a live you, broadcast with the, the other two of us? I do. Actually, What's I do. But I, I, I do want to just jump on the back of yours. But yeah, I would love to do that. Absolutely love it. Love it. What's your list then, Jeff? You must have one in mind. I, I, I mean, I'm going to kind of, I hadn't really thought about me doing it, but I will. I, what I, what the things that I'm looking forward to is I want to grow more. I want to have more. I like, I like having employees. My team, I like my team very much. I really like my team. And I believe that the team can grow. I had an opportunity that we're just kind of like, you know, being very casual with uh, to open a fader knives out in out West 
and mm. it's tempting, but a lot a lot has to happen in order for that to happen. But the good thing is, is Tony and I, are, it's making Tony and I think about how we would do it. That would be a great thing. So would, the, would this just be a storefront and you'd, you'd ship your knives Well, there? not necessarily. I mean, there, there, it would be a storefront, but also a place where we kind of put knives together. So, oh, okay. And then I would come by. So there's somebody driving a motorcycle behind me. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't get no – I can't, can't control it. So it, there, it's an opportunity that – is that, a is that a euphemism 30%. for farting? What'd you say? Is that a euphemism for farting? No. <laughs> Somebody driving a motorbike behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, motorbike. He's the leader yeah, of the pack. It's, it's something, it's something that, it's something, that's, it's a potential, but like we're putting it in the 20% it's going to happen, maybe 15% it's going to happen. But it's yeah. allowing us to kind of figure out how we would do it, which is great. So having a different place where we could make knives and maybe fulfill orders and also do some demos and stuff like that, that would be really cool. Um, I want this to be bigger. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, we're ready to get to the step where I want to have my own facility where I have my own laser, I'm a water jet company and water jet business and I can do everything in house. I'm kind of tired of having to depend on people hmm. um and then uh it would be fun to it would be fun it would be fun to write something like i would still like to write a tv show or write a book or write a something that have be, be published would be cool i i think that i still think and i've been talking about this for a long time is i believe that there could be the bear tv show style of blacksmithing show that would be as compelling as that and i think that there's no question about it uh, like a, a scripted tv show could be cool and i had talked to some people in the past and that would be cool to do a little bit more mm. kind of more writing and stuff like that and that would be i think that i don't think that's five right in the five uh, near enough know. i think yeah they could go it's good cool goals. to hear you talk about um the possibility of expanding I, and i'm i'm curious uh, like I don't know. I struggle with just self-confidence in general, um, but especially in confidence in my work and where I'm at. And I'm curious how, like, how, how do you mentally process that? Like being ready and being in that place and your, and your work is at a level and, or you guys are selling enough to be able to continue to, to like grow and expand like you're wanting to do. Cause right now to me, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. I, I mean, well, I mean, I have, I got a bad story to tell a lot of these guys listening to this podcast is, you know, we talk about part-time and full-time. It's either you're in business or you're not business. And I am committed and I'm putting both feet forward and I'm going full, you know, I'm going right in head first. And I don't, sometimes it gets to the point with a lot of these people who are getting involved with doing, making their hobby something more than it is. They're, you know, you're just being cautious and you're being conservative and i i've done that and and i'm you know fortune favors the brave and you know i i, I stand behind my work I, I i've never really had any problems in regards to that um i've been had nothing but have nothing but support and my business partner who i've been dealing with i've been friends with for 20 years and i you know we're not here to just kind of like call each other and make jokes i mean you know, this is this is a real business, and and I, now I'm my own investor because I've taken on another goddamn sculpture, and oh, I'm putting right. that whole fucking thing into Fader Knives, and mm. I'm the investor. So it's I believe in it. I believe in it enough that I, I when I teach a class or when I do this or I do that, it goes into the company because there's no other way but forward, and I just don't want to 
fuck around. You yeah. know? I think you're there's a lot that, of fucking around. I, I don't mean to get too, you know, psych about this. But Go ahead. It seems as if you're at that point of your life as well, where you're super pumped about everything too, which is great. Um, you know, you've got a an older an older kid as well. So, you know, that that worry is, no, I wouldn't say the worry is gone, but, you know, you, you're not bringing up a youngster at the moment. Um, and you, you, can, you can commit 100%, you know. And it, it you, you can tell, you can tell how much you're into it because you, you come alive, you're all, you, you know, you're ready to take on the world. I love it. I, I'm, a, I'm a much more mature in regards to, I understand that, you know, the only way to go up is up. And, you know, fear is something that I have, but I've been able to manage it much better through, believe it or not, diet and exercise it has been something that has been a giant, I'm going to shut this goddamn door, this goddamn kid with his fucking motorcycle. <laughs> There's, I mean, I've been able to handle stress so much better in the past two years. And it's, it's shocking how diet and exercise has allowed me to take. And I have things in my personal life right now that are at a two and my professional life is at a nine. If that's for some, for some people listening, that's really get that. I, 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 there's only one way to go and time is wasting and I feel great. This is the best I felt in 15 years physically. So mentally too. And you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. No, nice, nice. I said the enthusiasm is, is dripping off you. Jeffrey. Dripping, baby. Dripping. Dripping. Let me tell everybody about TexasFarrowSupply.com. Um, they sell everything for the knife maker, everything that you could possibly need, whether you're a farrier, a bladesmith, knife maker, whatever you want to call yourself. They've got it all. Um, they also sell Indasa RhinoWet, which is the sandpaper of choice for professionals all around the world. Um, it's the right stuff to use. You need to be using it. So, yeah, TexasFarrowSupply.com. Fill up your basket with Indasa RhinoWet. Um, take a look at everything else they've got, because if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order. You'd be a fool not to. Go take a look. TexasFarrowSupply.com. Do we have any dilemmas? Uh, we do have some dilemmas. We have a couple tough scenarios, guys. If you're listening to the podcast, follow us on, on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, don't follow us on Facebook. What are you, 90 years old? You go follow us <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram and uh, Night Talk Podcast on Instagram. We send us some tough scenarios. The first one comes from Travis McRae. Hey, cuties, I have a dilemma. I had a customer put in an order for a custom knife. I kept them updated with pictures throughout the build. And when completed, he says he was very pleased with it all. And when I sent him an invoice to pay, uh, then I sent him an invoice to pay so I can ship it. And he stopped responding. He doesn't pay. Oh, my God. How long do I give him before I post this on my website? I've tried to send him messages asking if he wants it and with no reply. Thanks. Mm. I love the podcast. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah, that's happened to me many times. Um, And I think I sort of learned from my mistakes. So, you know, you make everything upfront extremely clear of costs and that kind of thing and exactly what you know is will be due of them um uh, you take a deposit um so you're not gonna be left completely in the hole um but some people just do it i'm afraid they they enjoy that whole thing of say i've got somebody working for me i've got somebody doing this for me but when it comes down to it they they don't have the beans to pay maybe so uh, yeah, it's it's all about that sort of that upfront stuff. I think making it clear what those costs are, um, and it, sometimes you can sense something if it's not quite right. But if it's got to this point, I think yeah, you send him maybe another message and give him a, give him a, an update. You know, you say you know if, if we don't hear by the end of August, it'll go up on my website, that kind of thing. And if if they want it, they'll make it happen. If they don't, you know, you find another customer. 
What do you think, Morocco? I mean, I I do not disagree with what Craig said. That was that was all really great. Uh, yeah, I think being especially being upfront uh, and clear about expectations because uh, obviously the the potential customer has expectations of you that you're going to take this order, you're going to build it, blah blah blah. You should also have expectations of them, and that they're clearly outlined that when you are finished with the order, they have a window of time to pay it and. I mean, if you're trying to run a business, if you rely on this income to be able to pay your bills and feed yourself or your family or whatever, you need that money. And if they're not going to pay it, somebody else will. And that's not on you. That's on them if they're not going to do that, if they're not going to have that follow through. And so I think, yeah, I I think that's really, especially when people will will fuck with you in this way. Um, Hmm. You know, you can't. I don't, I don't know other businesses that you could really do that to, you know. Yeah. If, if, until they've paid, it's your knife to do with yeah. as you please. Um, what can be an issue sometimes if it's, you know, it's very specific to that customer. Um, you know, we've even mentioned in the past, somebody may send you, you know, handle material or, you know, there's, there's something where you know, it may be difficult to sell onto somebody else. Then maybe think about, you know, upfront, maybe a bigger deposit, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's... It's, it's 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 that you know time and tested thing is always going to happen. I'm yeah. afraid. There are a lot of guys out there, especially putting air quotes up again, knife collectors who are completely and utterly full of shit. <laughs> they can have <laughs> knives from all sorts of people, and they're big talkers. And then when it comes down to it, they're just human garbage, and that's just the way it is. So you do what's called put up or shut up. And we can continue this once you, we continue talking and you can use all your words and you can ask about Rockwell and you can ask about fucking stainless steel grades and you can add all out of that bullshit and all your, oh, I want a food release. And oh, once the, you pay the fucking in, the, the, the deposit, then we can, you know, have a coffee, coffee clutch and, 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 uh, and chop it up, you know, but other than that, the people who tell you don't take deposits, <laughs> they're cop lesson that they don't take deposits. But I mean, like, this is now you have an issue that now what? But the good thing is, is you can sell. It's not bread. So yeah. give this guy. And, and we had this situation and, and actually said, ah, God damn it. This guy, this guy in the beginning stages when Tony wasn't taking deposits. And. Tony says, I just give him a minute. Just give him a minute. Don't, you don't have to be, you know, don't rush him. You know, you don't need a, a response in, in a day. You can give him a couple days. Mm. You know, give him a couple days. Then you start to, you know, let him know how it is. But yeah, I, th- <sighs> I think as well, we're in the most of us night makers, we work for ourselves. Um, we don't generally take like a monthly wage. You know, I certainly don't the way my business works. Um, and we forget that sometimes, you know, some people are working for the man and they may have a monthly wage and they may be hard up. They may be up against it. Um, and this may be something that they've, they've wanted for years and years and so on. So if you are giving them an out, um, give them 30 days because you never, they may have a paycheck coming in, which they're waiting on. And, you know, they, you know, 30 days should be should be enough that is a bullshit human being then who's well, like i know but that, that is the man case. and wants a custom knife that <laughs> is like, the case though isn't it that is the case the unfortunately here, man these people are such scum i'll tell you what you just gotta <laughs> I mean, give me a break he's working um, for the man hey I'm working for the man but i need this sentoku <laughs> i wanted a yanagiba give me this yanagiba wait a second i'm waiting for my check to clear 
Fuck those guys, man. So are you telling me that anybody who works a nine to five job for another company shouldn't be buying your knives? I'm saying that if you're working paycheck to paycheck and shit is tight and you have to pay whatever you got to pay, you got to pay your rent, you got to pay your bills, and all of a sudden, you know, you need a pair, the baby. The, needs a the washing pair of machine is just blown up. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like I had a guy once said, uh, said we got asked for a refund for an oyster knife, a $200 refund for an oyster knife because he crashed his car. And Tony goes, I mean, all right, here you go. I hope that two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars helps your what? Your your one tread on your tire? <laughs> I mean, I, people have the reasons why they have the reasons. I tend to think that seventy five percent of the reasons people have are bullshit. Mm, possibly, possibly, but yeah, I just think that's something worth thinking of. We're all creative people, and we work in you know a slightly different industry to the, let's face it, the majority of people. Um, so are yeah, full of shit. Just- <laughs> It's true. You're not, I'm not, don't tell me I'm wrong. <sighs> you, you are correct, but I was just trying to phrase it nicely. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's, what, they know what we're talking about. We don't have to phrase it nicely. Just be <laughs> how it is. All right. Last tough dilemma comes from Blazed Blades. That's Blazed Blades. Question dilemma. After a couple years of searching, I've finally been able to rent a shop to work out of. I mainly make jewelry, but I've, I make knives in the past, and I love it. I was thinking about selling knives as a side hustle. However, after hearing all the weird requests that you knife makers get, should I just skip the knives and start making butt plugs? <laughs> Most knife makers seem to be to turn down these requests, and it sounds like there's a there's a there's a hole in the market <laughs> that I should that that I could fill. Well, like Blaze, Blaze, who is this from? Sorry, this is from Blaze Blades, but I'm not finished. He says, "Your thoughts, thanks." P.S. Nominating the new business Blaze Buttholes for Community Showcase, <laughs> so I can be on the lookout for some damn steel butt plugs for everyone. Oh, jeez. But I was just so. about to mention, Dom. If you wanted to make the perfect butt plug, oh, don't you wanted let's the perfect wait, wait, material. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Let's back it up. Let's 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 make sure there's a buffer between our ad read and butthole blades, okay? <laughs> let's just make sure there's a nice buffer here. Okay. Okay. And now you can do it. We do yeah, we do have some strange requests. But I'm sure as a you know, a, a jewelry maker, you must have some as well where people want, you know, the the innards of their dead cat or whatever it would be. Um but yeah. If you if you want to make something special, as we just talked about, Dharma Steel is the stuff to use. Um stainless steel damascus which is beautiful they have all these beautiful beautiful patterns the very beginning of the show i asked um morocco about you know how do you make them repeatable um and they are masters of this that you know there's videos online you can see all their patterns beautiful beautiful stuff dharmasteel.se um they also sell pants by the way just saying anyway dharmasteel.se dharmasteel lab on instagram go take a look because um you'll see the kind of stuff people are making they're always like special pieces always beautiful beautiful stuff so if you want to up your game get yourself some dharmasteel dharmasteel lab on instagram and dharmasteel.se for the website and if you if you register on an account with them and use knife talk at checkout you'll get 10 percent off your order too Shout out to Nice Handmade Knives who gave us that awesome bit, probably my favorite bit of the year, which is send us send us your weird custom requests. Yes, that, that was, was good, a yeah. dynamite bit, and people were like, "Great!" We had like two whole episodes of crazy, <laughs> crazy bits. They were awesome. So mm. we could do that again if you had any weird requests. Have yeah. you guys have any weird requests you can think of? And and I actually do. When I was at a bakery years ago, there were these people who wanted to get um, 
what are they called? They're like lewd cookies or not l- like lewd. <laughs> they're made out of quaaludes. They're made out of like, they're fuck. like, <laughs> I mean, no, we weren't making edibles for Christ's sakes. We were, it was, they were making rude cookies. They wanted us to make uh like cock and ball cookies. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. and I, they were trying to figure out how to say, did you do a, you know, like a, a, a pornographic cookies? I'm like, pornographic? What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, well, we're looking for this party and we want some pornographic cookies. And what were you thinking? Yeah, you know, cock and balls, chocolate chip, maybe like, you know. Tell me you took, you must have taken that all. No, we didn't take fun. it because oh. I was just like, it was, you know, doing custom cookies is, is a dopey bit. And how do you, I mean, even if you got the cookie cutter for them, where are you going to go find, you know, a cock and balls you cookie get 3D cutter? I mean, it's just days. like, well, okay. <laughs> your baker, your, every bakery has a 3D printer. And how do you, what do you, how do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you name you the file? <laughs> cock and balls 3D printed? I mean, so we, we, I turned it down because it was just like, they wanted two dozen cock and ball cookies. And I was just like, think of the tip. <laughs> Golf clap, golf uh, clap. Craig Lockwood, ladies like, and gentlemen, the womb thumper strikes again. <laughs> Think of the tip. Yeah, I, I, that was a weird one because it was like it was so uncomfortable for them to like. I don't know how you'd like broach the topic, mm-hmm. you know. However, I, I it did make me started to think of names for a bakery for like a a uh, a rude bakery, and I thought that you could name the company Master Bakers. Master nice, bakers. yeah, nice. very nice. And then what? What is everything made out of? But dildo. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, nice. Okay, you, you dragged us to that level. Okay. Uh, what can you do? Okay. What else have we got? We got any customer fe- uh, customer feedback? No, uh, cus- thank God. <laughs> listener, listener. <laughs> we feedback. do have some listener feedback. We have listener feedback. If you once again, ladies and gentlemen, send your listener feedback here at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. This one comes from G Tarpick. G Tarpick. Hey guys, love the podcast. Just listen to the latest episode talking about the customer that wanted you to put his father's ashes in the handle of a pin of a knife. Uh, what would you use that? Ca- uh, what if you use the capsule in the mosaic pin fashion? Maybe have the ends of the capsule engraved with the initials or something. Not sure if this is unsolicited advice uh, or what, but I thought I'd sh- I'd share my thoughts. Also, Mareko antlers are shed every year. And horns are grown for the life of the animal. So I think that your musk ox had horns. Craig, why do you he, he, he pointing everybody? He's, he's like he's <laughs> put a spotlight in all our faces. Every yeah. you know, Craig Whitey Bulger would make a good name for your label. And I would love to hear your music about your music equipment, guitar amps, pedals, etc. Again, love the podcast. Look forward to it every week. You guys are great. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Nice. So, Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Talking about the music, I want to thank everybody, actually, for pre-ordering um, my single. Um, lots and lots of you did. And I know a lot of, lot of you ordered more than one copy as well. So th- I, I don't know. I don't get a list of the names, unfortunately. Um, but we did get a lot of people sort of DMing us, you know, their they're checkout, showing that they've ordered it. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. It really is, really is appreciated. Do you have a count? Um, I do. I'm keeping that under wraps for Ooh. now. Is it keeping a good wraps. count? Are they, are they happy with the count? I'm very happy. I'm very Are they happy, happy with the count. They're happy. They're happy too. The distributor's very happy. Yes, um, and in fact, it's number one on their pre-order list at the moment. Yeah, um, selling more than selling more than George Michael this week, which is <laughs> nice. Um, but you know, we've still got months to go. Um, this won't be released until the 18th of November. So I'll back off a bit now, and towards November, I'll put a bit of a push on as well. Um, 
But yeah, what I think I might do with this show, I've so one well the the two song three songs that I'm recording rather, um, I've demoed them, so I've got rough demos of them. So I may play a little bit of one of the demos at the end of this show. So if you are interested in supporting my musical endeavours, you can go to craiglockwoodmusic.com and you can pre-order my single, which is only three ninety nine. And if you're in the US, it's five dollars with free shipping. So you know, good price. It would be very much appreciated. Where are we going? We got. um, There are more people with. uh, With uh, that's about it, pretty much. Yeah, we still got loads of questions. Let's just the three of us just take looks on the list. Just pick one each, and uh, and we'll finish on some questions. Uh 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 I'll take this one from the Minuteman Forge. Minuteman. All right, yes. Minuteman says, uh, hey, cuties, how do you feel about misting systems for grinders? I've been thinking about getting one, but I also don't want to destroy my grinder with it. Um, what are your thoughts and thanks? So he's talking about so uh, at basically using water, misting water to help keep both hmm. the, the belt and the handle or the blade material cool as you're grinding. Um, yes. Are you guys, I know Brian House sells a set. I think okay. actually, um, he's got he's got a kit that he sells. Um, so I didn't know about them until that. I'd seen people using um, you know water cooled platens, where it's a sealed system. You know, so there's no mist, but you know the water pumps through the back right. of the platen, keeps the platen cool. Um, but I yeah, I didn't know about the misters. Um, so I know Brian now sells. They I think they look effective. Yeah. Um, it may do a good job of keeping down dust as well. For I'm sure. thinking. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to use it with, you know, wooden materials, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, just keep, just keeping all that mess down and tamping it down a bit. Um, but I've never used one, so I, I don't know. But they look as if they'd be effective to me. What do you think? I, I've definitely been interested in one over the years. The, the potential um, that he mentions in the in the question is the kind of mess or how it might affect the grinder. Ho- hopefully most grinders are dust slash waterproof uh, or have a dustproof waterproof housing so i wouldn't be too concerned about that uh protecting the water or sorry the uh the vfd might be a concern potentially um which is like the 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 control the speed control um i think uh, if you're going to protect the grinder base i mean if especially if it's like a broadback or something like that you want to make sure it's painted otherwise it's going to rust to hell um i would think you would want some sort of housing of some sort because that water spray it'll be flying off the belt in all directions um so i feel like you would want some sort of housing to go around the belt to kind of keep that water contained um i don't know though i, I, I feel like it just it would be a fucking mess <laughs> yeah but by the, if you are using a vfd by the way make sure you put that in some sort of housing um i've seen people with just vfds propped up next to their thing and and you think all oh, those you know those those little shavings of metal and right. stuff like that. Anything getting into them, oof, it wouldn't be good. So yeah, make sure you get the, you know, cheap. Get a, you know a sealed housing unit and put it in and use some grommets so the cables come out and everything is completely sealed. Please do. I Jeff, mean, have you used like a, one? Sounds like, no, but it sounds like a mess. It sounds <laughs> okay. like a total mess. I know that Broadbeck sells. So you got to be worried about like all the steel parts, like all the. Broadbeck does sell a stainless steel uh, version of the Broadbeck Ironworks. I think they're paint, too, painting like, their machines too now. I mean, then all of a sudden the problem's solved, but you know, then all of a sudden, you know, then the bearings are getting water in them, and the you know, what if the what if you get you know, you're moving the the radius 
you know, the platen all the time and you're scratching it up and maybe, I don't know. I, it sounds like a lot of problem. For, I mean, I'm, I'm a more of a fan. I, I don't get too horned up about it. I, I know that Charlie Lionheart uses it and I think it works. I mean, if it works for him, I mean, he's one of the best. So there we go. God bless okay. you. I'm not, I ain't doing it. What is I've got a question from slide. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing I've, here? I've got a question from raw blades. Um, R O H R blades. Um, again on Instagram. And if you've got any questions for us and um, we haven't mentioned this in the show yet, but you can contact us on Instagram. We are knife talk podcast. There's plenty of fake ones out there, but we're the real deal. Knife Talk really? Podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, Raw Blades has asked, um, Hey guys, how are you? I have a question. I'm struggling to get good sandpaper here in Argentina. Argentina. However, I have discovered a place that sells in Dasa, uh, USA Rhinoet, but it's the White Line version. I wonder if you've used White Line and what are your thoughts about mm. it? Um, I haven't. I use the, the Red Line version. And I'm assuming, I don't know, I'm assuming the only difference would be the backing. So maybe it's a different sort of stiffness. I don't know. Um, if you guys use anything other than the red line right away. But sometimes what changes between the different lines, especially if it's if it's still rhino wet, but it's the white line, it, it's still met, meant for wet sanding. Um, but what can change is um, the abrasive that's actually on, um, the, on, on the paper. So sometimes... Oh, yeah, right, sometimes okay. there's uh, alumina oxide. Sometimes there's sometimes there's silicon um, silicon oxide dioxide or whatever it's called. Um, and but it's just you know there there are uh, what are, they have like an information catalog on their website that goes through all the different lines and what the different types of abrasives are and even actually within one line, uh, it, the abrasive can change based on the coarseness of uh the 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 abrasive so at coarser oh okay uh, coarser grits it, it's one kind of abrasive and then up the higher grits it's a different um abrasive so yeah i think more than anything it's it's that you know just the kind of abrasive that's on there okay fair enough jeff used anything other than rhino wet red line i they've sent me i once got sent something other than the red line and i felt like it was mm. more for like automotive car yes. part stuff like that's a lot of windows is meant for the auto buff body industry and there's a lot of i know they do a lot with pinstriping and painting and moving mm-hmm. paint and stuff like this so it might be for that you know yeah uh, t- t- take a look that. on the website as Mareko said there's gonna there's gonna be you know product specification sheets on them so you'll be able to find out what's what i'd imagine ready for the last question do it Doing a quiz, guys. Play the music. Oh, my God. Top five, baby. Play the music. Come on. Okay. Top five. Give me your top five personal bucket list items. Oh. Top five personal bucket list items. Oh, boy, ladies and gentlemen. And to listeners of the podcast, you should be thinking about your bucket list items because your bucket list items aren't just about flying out of a plane and stuff like that. These are things that you should be achieving for. So it's not like, I want to be the president of... Don't do that. Do do real stuff that is attainable, and then you try to go and try to attain those goals. Okay. Uh, what do you think, guys? Do I need, do I need to go first, or you guys need to go? <laughs> you go, you go first. You right. sprung it on us. Yeah, you go first. Sprung it on you. Sprung it on you. Number one is I'm going to run the New York City Marathon again, with, but this time with my wife. 
we're both looking good and we're feeling good and we're getting ready. Our kid's going to, this is getting in the senior year, getting ready for colleges and stuff. We're going to go visit some colleges in the next couple of weeks. But after when she's in college, we're going to start training and I got another uh, 10 or 15 pounds to go before I feel like I'm going to be real good. Um, New York city marathon again. And if I can figure out a way to do it every year, I will do it every year. That's how committed I am. Nice. Number. Can, can you just sign up and do it? Or is there like a lottery to well, get in? Or? If there's a lottery, you can do the lottery. And that's a real, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, whistling Dixie standing on a pin, head of a pin. It ain't going to, yeah. I mean, it's a real hard to do, but there are organizations that you can raise money. And once you raise money, um, I was on the Michael J. Fox team 10 years ago and I raised two and a half grand or something like that. And nice. yeah, I'll be coming to you knife talk people saying, help me out here. I got to raise this money before they break my legs. So I'll get in by hook or by crook. Cool. Uh, next is, is I want to get the journeyman Smith at least I'm starting with really? the journeyman Smith and I'm, I'm going to go for it. That's a bucket list item. I would like to do it. I would like to take the, take the jump and take some more classes and learn from the best and, sneak in there and get my thing and do that that's number two number three is i want to learn spanish really made a Ah. hard decision i've been fucking around with it for a long time and and now i feel that i need something to do at night that is good for my head and i think that learning a language is for me and i've always i know a little bit of Construction Spanish and a little kitchen Spanish. Wouldn't it be nice to speak Spanish? So that's number three. Um, number four is I'm looking. For, my bucket list is to take my is to is for my wife and I to move. Is to find a new place that we can really enjoy ourselves. Ready for another place to be. Don't want to be here in our part in our house anymore. Mm-hmm. That's number four. And number five is. Personal bucket list number five is going to be well, I'm going to be cooking paella for a thousand people in October, so that's I'm going to do that again. And uh, a thousand people, how where's that? I I got invited to the uh, I got to ask, I I didn't even get invited, I got told that a couple years ago we did uh, my friend John Sharp and I, uh, with his restaurant, we did paella, we did six pans, it wasn't a thousand people, it was like 600, 700 people. We're going to do another, we're doing it again. So we got, we got told we have to do paella. I got a meeting with him this weekend and we're going to October 1st. We're going to be in Croton at the Oktoberfest and we're going to be slinging four to six pans, four foot pans of paella. So I'm going to do that again. I want to do more. I want to do more stuff like that. That kind of, I always think I talk to the restaurant guys and trying to do something more like what, uh, you know, Jose Andreas does where he's cooking for people who really need it and, that would be a bucket list item thing, personally. Nice. There you go, five. Okay, I think I've got five. Go ahead. Um, number one is some sort of equilibrium with work and family life. Um, it's either all or nothing. Um, it's been difficult at the moment because the kids are off school and you know it's summer holidays. Um, but when they go back in three or four weeks' time, I really need to sort that out and have make sure my time in the shop is my time in the shop. Um, and there's no distractions from that. Um, and again, my time with with the kids is then, you know, with the kids. Um, whereas at the moment I'm juggling a lot of things and nothing is going well, you know. So I think that needs to be sorted. That's number one. Number two, um, longer term, finish this damn house. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an ongoing ongoing thing. Um, but you know, we're getting there. We're chipping away slowly. 
Um, number three is a top ten single. It can happen. It can happen. We're close. We're close. So yeah, that would be that's definitely incredible. a bucket list. It is. It is. Yeah, but it's 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 feasible. Definitely feasible. Um, CraigLockwoodMusic.com if you'd like to help. <laughs> anyway, um, number four um, would be to play at a festival, a big, big festival. Um, we, the band we've been gigging now for literally a year this month, um, and we've probably done 30, 40 shows, um, and the best one we did was almost like a mini festival, and we supported this this huge band. And what we do goes down well on like a bigger stage where people are up there you know people are there to dance and have fun um whereas most of the gigs we do you know they're pretty small and people are there they're eating and you know we're almost almost background music you know the type of stuff we do is you know it's big big choruses big uplifting stuff it would work well in a festival we'd be better they'd be better so that's the dream for next summer to do a festival um and number five is um again bring it back to the kids have some sort of find somewhere like a beach holiday where we can take the kids where <laughs> it's difficult with when you've got the kids this young it's either there's nothing to do there um and it's nice and quiet or there's loads of stuff to do which is what you want but it's just full of people and it's a nightmare so yeah we need to find somewhere which we can have a nice holiday with the kids where they can be happy we can be happy sounds like you want good. a nanny <sighs> Uh, yeah, sort of Swedish nineteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Let's ooh, why, why not? Wow, that was why not nineteen <laughs> Swedish. Have mercy. Um, yeah, no, no, we we wouldn't want a nanny. Um, no, we we yeah, we you know we love spending vacation. Time with kids. I think we yeah we no no because we you know we want to be with the kids. We definitely want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's finding that finding that place where. It's not intimidatingly busy for the kids because, you know, if there's lots of fun stuff to do, they're generally very busy places. Um, so, yeah, we need to find a, a quiet oasis somewhere. In the Caribbean. Yeah. I, I think so. We've been, that's Love the type of place we've been looking. But it's a long flight, long yeah. flight for kids, you know. But, yeah, that's the five. So, yeah, two work-based, two music-based, and one kid-based. What do you got, Marco? Okay. Uh, number one for me is to go visit... Samoa. So I'm half Samoan. Oh. Uh, and I don't know hardly anything about my Polynesian heritage, my Samoan heritage. And so to go mm. there to see um, that country, to learn more about its culture and its history, um, and to kind of know, try to understand a part of myself that I, I, I haven't had really any connection to uh, growing up. Um, good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just especially once my kid, my wife was pregnant with our kid, and our kid was born. All of a sudden, I had like this really strong pull to try to better understand that aspect of myself that I I, I haven't. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about. Um, so uh, number two would be to own a house. I do not own a home presently. Uh, hmm. I never have. And, um, I, I know it would really, I mean, it's, it's got, a, it opens up a whole new jar of worms, but, um, yeah, <laughs> problems, but, uh, yeah, my wife and I would love to have finally have our, a place we can call our own and kind of fix up and do whatever the fuck we want with. Um, because we're just honestly, we're tired of throwing money away in rent. Um, and it's mm. expensive. And so uh, number three would be to uh, compete in the Highland Games. So 
Oh, I wow, was a really? shot put and discus thrower in high school, and it's something I've always still been really enamored with. And I've done some training uh, outside of my high school experience, and um, I really would love to compete in the Highland Games. So, if you're not familiar, it's basically it's or often called also the Scottish Games. But basically, you're throwing mm. stones and heavy weights and shit around, and the caber toss, which is like a big log, and and chucking that up and all this kind of other shit. And so, um, I would probably, they all, they all look like knife makers, by the way, they're all wearing skirts with long <laughs> hair, and big beards and, and they're, they're yeah. And they're yeah. tossing. So yeah, <laughs> a whole bunch of tossers. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, well, Oh, I would love to travel to Europe. So there's obviously there's so much history. Uh, I've never been to Europe. And um, Italy especially, but also I'm also intrigued by Spain and and uh, Germany. Um, so I would love to mm. go visit those places. Um, and then finally, I would love to ha- go on a, an, an ayahuasca journey. So go down to um, like Central America and do an ayahuasca ceremony. And um, what, what ayahuasca is, is like a, it's a it's a ancient uh what central american a plant medicine basically a brew a tea they make and it it's it's considered a a psychedelic um but the way they used it was in a very shamanic uh kind of way where it was Hmm. more about kind of kind of having a like a a vision journey or vision quest um and it's it's a long and kind of there's a lot of prep that goes into even just getting your body ready for the experience uh, and follow up uh, th- after the experience to kind of integrate the things that you see and learn along the way through that journey. Um, but it's kind of a, sh- a shamanic kind of plant medicine journey situation. Hmm. Oh, Don't gloss over the fact that there's a lot of vomiting and diarrhea. There's a lot of what they usually refer oh. to as purging. So can it be anything from just ah. crying to, yeah, shitting your pants and puking your guts yeah. out? Yeah. Oh, Let's call fuck. it purging. It's a the way pitch. better upsell. <laughs> that's what that's what the the Peruvian like tourism board, when they're trying to get people to go to, we're going to just do a little bit of purging. You know, maybe a little bit of liquid will come out of your holes, but I mean, let's not call it vomiting and shitting everywhere. Crying. Oh, Jeez, the purge. Oh, yeah. All achievable goals, I think, yeah, um, I mean, for the three of us. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's hope nobody brings this back up in a year or so's time and says, how did you get on with those goals? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, completely achievable. Why not? Why not? Okay. Let's, I think that's a good time to uh, maybe call this a day. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we do appreciate you listening every week. Um, every Monday we'll put the show up um, and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. This show is a little bit longer than usual. I thought I'd mess with the pacing no. of it. Yeah. Look at what, you. What? It's been a good oh, show. Good I really enjoyed that. I needed that because I am so, so tired. And yeah, that's, that was a nice chat. Can I good. be petty for a second? You always are. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> What's changed, <laughs> shithead? What's changed? So I was at my kid's last swim meet of the summer. Uh, last yes. week and she and it was a, it was a good one it was like the all-stars that get ready for divisionals and stuff like that and she did fine i'm standing there on the pool it was a beautiful saturday i was standing on the pool deck watching all the different uh teams race and i'm standing next to a guy who's 
who's one of the parents on my swim team, uh, on my kid's swim team, one of the parents, the swimmers. Yeah. And he's wearing a black shirt. And the black shirt on the front says, uh, it's black shirt. It's like a Lycra shirt, almost like a runner shirt, right? And it mm. says Peloton on the front. And on the <sighs> sleeve, it says 100. And on the back, it says Century Club. Now, for most people, that doesn't okay, really yeah. mean much. But yeah. when you sign on to Peloton, you once you reached 100 rides, you are a member of the Century Club and they send you a t-shirt for free. Yeah, it's, right? like, it's like Park Run where you do your 50s and your 100s and right. 500. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. as soon as I see this, I say, oh, must be a Peloton guy. So at the time, I don't really say anything. And, then, and the next day, there was another event and I saw him. I said, ah, oh, you're a Peloton guy. And I was, and it's, you know, number one, I'm not wa- walking around wearing Peloton gear because it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of a weird, as the kids say, a f- weird flex. I mean, it's yeah. just like, okay, you work it. We got it. We got it. You're <laughs> like, you know, you're one of them. So I went up to the guy and I was like, ah, so you're a Peloton guy, huh? And I was going to say, well, what instructors do you like? And he goes, oh, no, 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 I'm not a Peloton guy. And I was like, oh, I saw you wearing that Century Club. T- oh, that was my wife's shirt. Oh. <laughs> it's your wife's shirt. Okay, and all of a sudden things. I scrunched up my face. Then, I need to unpack in. Yeah. I scrunched up my face. He's like, "Oh no, I don't ride that thing." And then my wife and his wife goes, "Oh yeah, he took it from me." And uh. I was just like, I stopped talking to him. Stop talking to him. <laughs> just and walk away. From I was like, "That's so weird." And then I turned to my wife and I was, she's like, "She's like, that was a weird conversation." I was like, "Yeah, it was a weird conversation." That was stolen valor. Stolen. You guys know what stolen yes. valor is? No. Stolen valor is something that's like they're dudes who walk around wearing military gear and pretend that they were veterans or they um, pretend that they dudes, were they yeah. trash. They're garbage. Yeah. They're, I mean, it's like when they, their videos, you can go on YouTube and find these uh, stolen valor videos. And then these real guys are finding, they'll come up to a guy wearing like whatever. And they'll say, what you, so, what, you so you're saying stone valor, stolen, stolen, Stol- valor. stolen valor. Right. So that these, makes sense. So there's yes, these gotcha. garbage people who are like getting, trying to get, you know, they will, you know, people say, thank you for your service. All that they want to get like, Oh, here, here's an extra sandwich or something. Or, yeah. you, you know, getting a veterans <sighs> benefits. And, yeah, for, you know, these guys are not looking for he's, free, like discount. Yeah. Discounts and all kinds of stuff. They're looking shit. for, yeah. they're looking for, for some for valor. They're yeah, looking yeah. for valor, but it's stolen yeah. valor. So I turned my wife and I'm like, this guy's stolen valor. Stolen Valor, Peloton Stolen Valor. Because he didn't do the 100 rides. And he's walking around saying that, making it seem like he's wearing the shirt that he's done the 100 rides to get and the shirt. His, his wife's shirt as well. He took his wife's yeah, fucking shirt. And I was bad. like, yeah. we cannot associate with this person. I don't agree with Stolen Valor. This is Stolen Valor. I worked my ass off for my 100 ride shirt. We're not talking to him, we're shunning him. Have you got the shirt? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm, um, I'm almost a <laughs> You wear it around the house. I, I, wear it, I wear it when I ride sometimes, um, but yeah. I don't wear it outside the house because that's like, that's super wet. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm up, almost up to 350 rides and I'm just like, oh, wow. this motherfucker wow. is stolen valor. Yeah. He's trying so to be in your club, Jeff, without the work. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. talk to him again. I'm like, oh, I can't associate <laughs> with you. You're scum. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. So what's going on? What's going on this week? Anything exciting I got another beard coming out. Outside it. Whoa. Another beard. Beer. Oh, oh, tell us about the beard. <laughs> My okay, second sorry. beard. <laughs> Are you excited about growing a beard? Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I got it. So Anchorage, I did, when I was up there, I blended the one beer, but I also did a, I helped with the brewing of an IPA, um, which is going to be oh, nice. a lower octane beer. It's not going to be as, as much of a kick in the face. Um, but it'll be mm. super delicious, <laughs> uh, palatable IPA. 
Um, and I think, again, it'll be available through Tavor. I, I had a lot of people, I think, who missed the boat on the first one, unfortunately. Um, Anchorage only has a few uh, places that they actually distribute directly to, like beer markets and stuff like that. Otherwise, they work yeah. with an app called Tavor, who does then the distributing, um, whether somebody wants to buy one can or a case or whatever. So, um, cool. Do you know what the sort of flavor profile or what the hops are that you used for the? I, the I I would have to pull it up. Uh, I don't know it right off the top right, of my head, okay. but yeah. uh, it's going to be fucking delicious. Does it have a name? Nice. Uh, it's called Maelstrom, so it's named after uh, one of my patterns. Uh, and the artwork is a skeletal hand holding a sh- a, an artist's rendition of one of my chef's knives uh, that has the Maelstrom pattern on it. Um, nice. Oh, cool. pretty cool. So, Very nice. Go. I've got a nice IPA currently brewing at the moment, uh, fermenting at the moment, so I'm looking forward to that as well. <sighs> nice. Jeff, what's going on this week? Anything? Exciting? <sighs> Not exciting. I uh, I have to haul ass, and now I'm behind because this material hopefully will come in. I'm crossing my fingers it'll come in uh, Monday. Um, but uh, it, we're I'm ahead. I'm ahead. I'm I'm August orders are all out except for a couple, and we're gonna start hauling ass on Thanksgiving shit. So we're trying to get ahead, head, head, and then oh, and then uh, actually. At uh, the, I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be at the John's. I'm going to be in Johnstown Center for Mental Arts, uh, September third and fourth. I'm teaching a friction folder class. I think there's one more slot available. So I'm going to go down there, and then on the seventeenth is going to be the Cambria Cambria Iron uh, Conference, which is they're going to be doing this huge uh, live sculpture. Uh, they're going to be building a sculpture with their giant monstrous power hammer. So. Yeah, I'm psyched to go down and see Pat. I might do a, a podcast with him again and uh, see the guys down there. And uh, you know, cool. just moving at a at a lightning pace all the time. Yeah, it feels as if, even though it's still really hot here, it feels as if like summer. Looking at the dates, that it's just going. You know, we're you know we're into August already. Fucking over. It's like summer's Jesus over, dude. Yeah, fucking sucks. Madness. Hate it flying by i found the info yeah. on the beer. no rain we haven't had rain oh. we haven't had rain all summer everything's a wreck Oof. yeah sorry Marek. i, I, didn't I, I was just that, saying man. i found the info on the beer if you guys are interested oh cool what, Go ahead. What uh, it, it says so it's an ipa it's fermented with theol theol or theol uh boosting yeast ddh with phantasm powder the rare Rewaka, and Nelson Savine, and Mosaic Hops, and it's going to be six point four percent by the pint. Nice, nice, six point four percent. Still strong. strong. But it's going yeah. to be uh, yeah, the uh, what was it? The Forge to Table beer was like seven point one or seven point two or mm. something like that. I don't know. That was yeah. and that was a dangerous beer. It was so easy to drink, and then three deep, and you're like on your ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really hard to make a good beer with with less alcohol. You you know, before getting into it, I always thought you know one more alcohol would be harder, but that's the easy bit actually. And making a, a low alcohol beer is super super hard, and making it tasty, yeah, it's difficult. I was at a concert last night with my kid in the park in Brooklyn. I waited in line at the the drink line for a to get some water because you couldn't bring water in. Waited in line for an hour. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a beer. And I'm like, what should I get? And I got a fucking Bud Light. And I'm thinking, I'm waiting online for an hour. You know, I got water and seltzer. I got a drink for my wife. I got, you know, I got a Bud Light. And I'm sitting down. And I'm like, 
This Bud Light doesn't taste like anything. I can't believe I waited no. an hour for this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I really, it's really, fa- I really was just like, bottle. for yeah. some reason, I was just like, this is going to be so refreshing. I was like, yeah, fucking Bud Light. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's a week. That's a show. You Thank go. you all again for listening. Um, we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.